This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to hear more information about what we discuss over the the show today, for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva number is 262-729-4128. For callers in Illinois, our McHenry, Illinois number is 815-331-8096. Or reach out to us on our website at www.kramerinvestmentservices.com, spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while on our website, click on the Media Library and Radio tabs, and you can view the past couple of programs that we've done. Also, for subscribers to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can view all of our past shows. And reach out to us if you have any questions. We're here to help or if you wish to schedule a a one-on-one meeting. You know, our topic today is going to be naming a trust as beneficiary. And our primary focus is going to be on naming a trust as beneficiary to a retirement account. But we'll kind of go over the benefits of naming a trust as beneficiary to any of your types of accounts that you have. But before we go into this program of trusts and retirement accounts, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Jim. And I'm excited about this one because I know how important it is. I actually came up against this uh, not long ago with my wife's family, um, uh, with her dad. So uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, When you have accounts, beneficiaries are so important and uh, a trust as a beneficiary uh, I, I'm interested to hear the advantages or why we would want to do this and and what that entails. So this is good. Uh, I'm in a great mood today, Jim. You know why? Because I am a Vikings fan. And normally, uh, in our show notes, right at the top of the show, you always put insult the Vikings because yes. you love to give me a hard time about my Vikings. But we're fresh off uh, beating uh, one of our arch rivals the Packers. I know we have a lot of Packer fans listening. I know we have a lot of Bears fans uh, and uh, love them or hate them. I'm a Vikings fan and my Vikings beat the pack. So that's a big win for the Vikings. And so I'm happy about that. Now, how about you? Uh, I just, uh, you know, I spent some time in prayer this weekend for you and your teams because obviously uh, the Bears and the pack, you know, well, I put this down ahead of uh, this weekend, and one of our <laughs> topics was going to be insult the Vikings because I was anticipating the Vikings sure. to lose to the Packers, and yeah, everyone um, was, yeah. and they, and you know, now I can't do that, so I feel I feel bad in that sense, but I'm happy for you, Tony, and um, it was a nice weekend despite what happened. The, the sure. Vikings were looking pretty good, so I have to admit, yeah. I'm in, I was impressed with what I saw. I didn't. I didn't think they had uh, that type of team that they could 
you know, go up and down the field with the, with the Packers, but they, they did. And yeah. so yeah. now I it can was, see that, that they have a, they have a decent team. They could actually, you know, get in the playoffs and potentially wreck some, you know, win a couple of games. I'm not sure, honestly, Tony, they have, you know, championship. Um, yeah. They, they don't have yeah. that kind of, ta- I don't think so. At least I mean, on the we're defensive only at 500 side. as far as a record, but you know, if we played every game, like we played that one, I think we'd be good. You but, never know. Uh, we have a hard time pulling away from teams, and at least we won this one in the end. So that's good. But now, uh, on to our topic for today, yes. Jim, because um, uh, where do you want to start with this thing? Well, I'm going to refer to an Investopedia article that was titled uh, Designating a Trust as a Retirement Beneficiary. And we're going to go into, you know, in more ways of where a trust can be beneficial. But it's very important for uh, individuals to know how can a trust be utilized? When does it make sense and when does it not make sense? Um, it's not uncommon at all for the owners of an IRA to designate a trust as their beneficiary. It gives the IRA owner some control over how the investment assets are distributed after they pass away. It can be an effective tool. Sometimes it's not necessary. really depends on the state that you're in. Uh, their laws, and how the trust beneficiary breakdown is entered into that uh, trust document. Um, so it, now, since the, uh, the SECURE Act, which passed Tony in the year 2019, uh, it's changed the treatment of disbursements from inherited IRAs, um, and also it designated three main classifications of beneficiaries of where I really want to start off with. Now, we're going to talk about the eligible designated beneficiaries, then there are called designated beneficiaries and not designated beneficiaries. It sounds very much the same in each classification, but they're very different. They're treated differently in the rules pertaining to uh, how you receive this money and how it needs to be dispersed over time. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you can get into the weeds on this. This is already I'm seeing the need for having a financial services professional like yourself. Yes, it's, it's very this. important because you could end up getting a, a tax hit and not realize that as a beneficiary. So you have to know where you fall under these three main classifications. Um, or you could be surprised at the end of the year when you get that uh, nasty gram from the IRS saying you owe some extra money. So when you say those three categories, you're talking about, again, eligible designated beneficiaries. Number two would be designated beneficiaries. And then the third, not designated beneficiaries. Exactly. I didn't realize there were three different kinds. There so, is. So, yeah. and, yeah. and as always, it's a tax implication uh, is big. So, yes. um, and, and, and that's one of the reasons people have a trust and work with somebody like yourself to minimize that tax burden make sure as much of their money gets to retirement with them and passed on to their loved ones uh, after they're gone or at some point. So uh, what's the next step here that we need to know about? So first, let's start with eligible designated beneficiaries. And Tony, that refers to the owner's spouse, a child that's under the age of 18, a disabled individual, someone who's chronically ill, and someone that's within the 10 years age range of the deceased IRA owner. Now, these individuals have the choice of rolling that money over into their own IRA. They can take a, they can set the account up as an inherited IRA, 
and they can take the required minimum distribution that is that the IRS imposes upon these people each year over the rest of their lifetime. There's really no changes to eligible designated beneficiaries. But under the SECURE Act, they created the designated beneficiaries list, which includes other individuals. It could be a, a child that's over the, eight, the year of 18 years or older. And when they receive this money, they have to disperse this money out over a 10-year period of time. Now, this could be any other individual outside of the, of the first list I gave you, which is called the Eligible Designated Beneficiaries List. Now, they have the inherited IRA, got to be dispersed out within 10 years. That is a significant change to what we had before in the past. And then there's the third category of not designated beneficiaries, which could be estates, uh, charities, trusts um, as beneficiaries. And it's very important that when the, the trust is set up, that it operates in a manner that's compatible with the financial firm where the money is going to be held at. Because there's many of financial institution that doesn't work with trusts. And when you, when you have the trust as the beneficiary, you could create an immediate taxable event for those uh, individuals. So that's very careful planning. When you set up a trust as the beneficiary, make sure your financial institution will work in the way in which you want that money to be spent out or to be dispersed out to that. So that's always a good conversation to have with your financial person. If I name a trust as the beneficiary to my account, will my financial institution where the money's being held at work with me on this? Because if the intent is not to have an immediate tax event, you want to make sure that it's set up properly for you. Well, yeah, it sounds like it. You, you, it's really important. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, well, trust, I'm not, you know, I don't have $100 million or more in my accounts. I don't need a trust. Uh, but really, uh, a trust can be important uh, no matter where you're at uh, on the financial scale. It just depends on personal situations. And a lot of people need a trust to make sure they're minimizing the tax burden or that uh, things you know play out like they want them to. And so beneficiary designations are important separately from that. But when you combine the two, it's we're into a critical territory here. And I'm glad you're talking about this today. So uh, what's next? Okay, so there's really two types of trusts involved when it comes to any type of an account, whether it's a, a if you set up a, a trust account, whether you have beneficiaries of, as trusts, um, but you have conduit trusts, Tony. Whereas if, when the individual passes away, the money goes through the trust and the trust is more of an intermediary and it goes right from there out to the beneficiaries at hand. Again, if it's through an IRA, make sure your financial institution will allow that money to be dispersed out in a manner that gives the recipient some flexibility as to how to accept this money. Because the last thing they may want is to have to declare all that money as taxes all in that same year. Conduit trusts are the most common, where it just immediately goes, is, goes through the trust right to the individuals. Then there's the accumulation trust. And I think that the, the most important reason to establish a trust as a beneficiary to an IRA is because of certain 
reasons for that, such as the spend uh, the, the spendthrift provision, where if you have, let's say, an individual who you know if they get their their hands on this money, they're going to spend it right away. You get into some very complicated situations where you want that trust to kind of be used as a holding ground for this money and then have it dispersed out through a trustee that can make sure that the individuals involved are getting this money in sort of a secured fashion, but not all at once. That to me is the most important reason for it. And obviously there's going to be some other complicated reasons. You want to make sure that the the people you, you know, it might be too complicated to just name the beneficiaries on a uh, sheet of paper with the financial institution. You want to be able to spell it out in more, you know, uh, in terms that are more expansive that you can do in a trust that you can't do when you name beneficiaries individually to your account that, you know, you might want to exclude an individual, making sure they're not a part of it, uh, of this, but it it gets really complicated. And so a trust makes sense, but again, you have to make sure that that financial institution works well with you with how you want that money to be paid out. So just merely naming that trust, if you feel that that's um, the appropriate way to do that, I would argue to be very, very careful because it ends up, it may not end up working well for you. Now, if you have, sure. a, very, if you have a very simple, simple situation, you want your spouse to be the primary beneficiary, you want your kids to be the contingent beneficiaries, and it's as simple and cut and dry as that, you don't need a trust. You can individually name these people. It bypasses probate, goes right to your beneficiaries. And most trusts, Tony, are not designed to reduce taxes. Most trusts are not there to hide your money from creditors. Uh, Most people have a revocable living trust. And all that is designed to do is to bypass probate. Nothing more, nothing less. You can... There's other things that you can which is, include. Which is good, right? Yeah, no, that's very important. Yeah, but yeah. as long as you name your, your individuals uh, onto your retirement accounts or regular brokerage accounts, it goes right through, you know, bypasses probate, goes right to your beneficiaries. And there's no additional complications that sometimes these trusts can bring onto itself. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know, you know, con conduit trust and accumulation trust. Uh, good to know uh, that uh, that you have those two different types and what they mean. So um, overall, tell us why we should designate a trust as a beneficiary rather than an individual person. Okay. So the, the two biggest reasons why someone should have a trust as the beneficiary, including in an IRA, is number one, the spendthrift beneficiary protection designed to make sure that the person who's going to receive this money doesn't squander it. That to me makes complete sense. You want to make sure that money lasts. Secondly, uh, it helps provide for children from a previous marriage. So especially if, if an individual goes through a divorce, gets remarried, there's children from two different families, you want to make sure everything's done Uh, properly here. Because if you don't, sometimes it it can be really difficult to name all these individuals with the percentages uh, on a a form that you complete. And the company, the financial institution may not be able to do it exactly in the manner which you want. Having it simply put as a through a trust makes the it makes everything go smoothly 
again, as long as that financial institution works with you so that you don't have that immediate tax effect. Some financial institutions do not work well with naming a trust as a beneficiary. So it's, it's really important you know that financial institution does. Well, it is important, obviously. So that's an interesting take, and I, I like that. So there are reasons to designate a trust as a beneficiary, and some people might go, well, do I really need to hassle with this, or does it really make sense for me? So I think the answer there is you need to be working with a financial services professional like yourself, Jim, correct? As, as always, and, and thank you for saying that, Tony, you know, speak to your financial advisor about this. Make sure if you are uncertain, if you've never had that conversation with your financial advisor, you have the trust as the beneficiary, make that call and confirm. Does your financial institution uh, allow for having, one, a trust as the beneficiary? And number two, you know, will it facilitate and allow that recipient or recipients to receive that money and give them the same level of flexibility as if there was no trust involved. Because I know there are financial institutions out there, they won't tell you this, but by the time it gets to the recipient, they will not allow an inherited IRA. Let's say if the if it was an IRA account, they would just simply make this an individual account for that individual, and immediately there's a tax effect. That can happen, and many accountants have, or excuse me, accountants and lawyers will point out the dangers that sometimes exists, especially with IRA accounts. Uh, Secure Act made some changes, Tony, to inherited IRAs. As we talked about with the um, designated beneficiaries list, that is everyone who's not a part of that first group, we call it the eligible designated beneficiaries list. Yeah. There's a 10-year time period of which that IRA has to be withdrawn. Uh, people that are in the eligible designated beneficiaries list do not have that. Um, and it's very important that individuals who receive that money understand that that you don't have quite as much flexibility as you may have had before the year 2020. So, well, yeah, and there, and there you go. So uh, this has really been a great show, a good discussion. Uh, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to talk about to wrap it up? Uh, just if, if anybody has any questions about this, to feel free to, you can call my office at, uh, if you're in Wisconsin, 262-729-4128. If you're in, McHen if you're in Illinois, my McHenry number, 815-331-8096. Reach out to us. I'm here to help. Uh, we can schedule one-on-ones if, uh, you want to do a Zoom meeting, done plenty of these over the last couple of years uh, where you can you know, be in the comfort of your own home and have this meeting with me. And I won't charge for the first consultation. Uh, again, we're here to help and deal with deal with situations in a number of, man, of fashion, a number of situations, including taxes, investment planning, and then also getting into legal matters like this with trusts. Well, and it's really important again, to work with a financial services professional. Thanks for all the great tips in today's show. And you know what? I think we're out of time for today's show. And that does it for this episode of Kramer Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. 
call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramen Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.